Well, good morning to you. It is so good to see you here this morning. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, this has just been one of those gray, gloomy weeks, hasn't it? A uh, lot of rain, a lot of clouds. But the good news is when you come into the, to this house of worship and you're able to gather with uh, people who uh, are like-minded in their, their love for Christ, then it just seems to brighten everything up. And uh, so thank you for being here today. Thank you for being a part uh, of our time together. I hope that as uh, you came in and uh, whether you picked it up or were handed this, I hope you got a bulletin. Uh, there are a lot of announcements in there. Things about tonight, uh, the Christmas pre presentation for tonight and the fellowship afterwards, the cantata that's coming up, the post office. I mean, this thing is chocked full of information. So make sure... Uh, you pick one of these up. If you didn't get one on the way in, you can get one on the way out so that you can be fully informed of everything that's going on during this Christmas season. And by the way, if you haven't finished your Christmas shopping left, you've got two weeks. How's that for for shocker this morning? Yeah, it's getting here and getting here quick. Uh, but uh, we, we know that... Um, whether we go out and buy a bunch of gifts or not, we've already been given the greatest gift there is. And we were given the Lord Jesus Christ to come be our Lord and Savior. Uh, one announcement that's not in your bulletin that I want to make sure that you are very aware of. Uh, it's been probably about a year and a half ago now. We started uh, a discipleship process where we have a step one and a step two and a step three. And we've been kind of rotating uh, through that, and uh, we've had several of you that have taken advantage of these discipleship classes and have, and have gone through the steps. We're starting a brand new Step 1 class on Sunday, January the 8th uh, at 6 p.m. And so I want to invite you, if you've not been a part of the discipleship process up to this point, to, to please begin praying now about being a part of that. Uh, if you would like to participate, you can let uh, Brandon know. You can let uh, me know so that we can make sure we got enough materials. But this step one class, uh, the purpose of this class is to teach the foundational truths of what it means to be a disciple. Uh, you can't become what you don't know what it is. And so we it, that's what we spend those first... Uh, uh, 16 weeks doing is, is looking at scripture and, and studying together about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and how to become established in that. So we'd love for you to be a part of that new step one class starts Sunday, January the 8th at 6 p.m. Let me know, let Brandon know, uh, and we'll make sure we've got enough materials. Uh, one last thing, uh, Ashley Honeycutt, who is our outgoing chairman of Deacons, asked if he could make a quick announcement. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I get the honor this morning of being able to, to recognize our church staff and, and give them their Christmas bonuses. So uh, as I call them out, uh, 
Well, I could be sitting right beside Curly and he not hear me. <laughs> I've sat beside you in the deacons meeting, so I know. Uh, but I think you can definitely hear me now, can't you? Um, I get the honor this morning of being able to, to recognize all of our church staff and, and honor them by giving them their, their Christmas bonuses. So uh, as they as I call their name, if they'll come up, and I will give that to you and let you all be able to give them a, a big round of applause so you can let them know how much you think of them. Uh, Miss Jessica Baker, and she's probably not here, so I'm going to, if you don't mind giving that to her. Oh, no, I don't mind taking it. At all. <laughs> Zach Flannery. <laughs> Miss Nancy Folk. <laughs> and Brother Tommy Ross. Folks, this is not all of the, the ones that, that worked so very hard to make everything happen around here. Uh, we've got so many other people that, uh, that worked so hard, uh, whether, it's, whether it's Brandon or whether it's the, the, uh, the sound booth and, and the musicians and, and everybody that works to, to make sure that everything goes smoothly and, uh, and that God's kingdom is uh, is lifted up in so many different ways. So I want to thank all of them too. Well, let me uh, begin our time together in prayer and thank you so much for your uh, for your recognition and your honor. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, thank you for this opportunity to be in this house of worship on this Lord's Day and and Lord, we know that uh, this is such an, an amazing time of year that we've entered into as we uh, enter into that season of Advent, anticipating the celebration of the birth of Christ on Christmas Day. And Lord, we thank you for what this holiday means to us as believers, how it brings hope and peace to a world that's suffering. And Lord, we thank you that the message of Christmas is what gives us uh, that understanding of your love that you have for us. So God, today I thank you for the opportunity to come and worship and uh, to proclaim the good news of the gospel, to sing of the glorious birth of our Savior. We pray that you'll just go with us through everything that we say and do today, Lord. We want to be obedient to you. We want to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus for it's in that name we pray. Amen. Good morning. I want to invite you to please stand and sing with us.
We walk through the Christmas season steeped in happiness. Under warm, glowing lights, gifts wrapped and labeled, pies and cookies prepared. But if we peer through all the extravaganza, we'll hear the soft cry of a shivering baby and feel the prick of divine joy. Our homes and streets are lit with ornaments of the season. But Jesus came to light up our souls. We long for joy every single day of the year. The kind of joy that still lingers when there's no light, when the gifts from the world have stopped and the music just sounds like noise. God gave us an unexpected joy that fills empty spaces and is easy to find if we're willing to look. It's a joy that crosses boundaries and breaks down walls, that finds the lonely on hilltops and the curious in faraway lands. It delights in arriving into unexpected places and circumstances, like a manger in a little town called Bethlehem. Let me, Lord, spread that kind of joy to the world. Amen. Merry Christmas. Can you hear me now, Curly? <laughs> Why Advent? Because Advent is a celebration of joy, a joy that crosses boundaries and breaks down walls. We take joy in the sights and lights of Christmas, but Jesus came to light up our souls. His joy fills up empty spaces and arrives during times when there seems to be no light. In his first cries as a baby, we felt divine joy for the first time. Happiness depends on the moment and our mood. But joy, it's a lifestyle for those who have been forever changed by the gift that Advent prepares us for. Today, as we relight our first two candles, we remember that Advent gives and encourages hope while it points us to peace. And today, we light the third candle to celebrate the joy that only Christ can give. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this incredible joy that entered our world so many years ago. May that joy fill our hearts this Advent and throughout our lives. Help us to be reflections of your joy especially to those whose lives are filled with darkness and despair. We thank you for this gift of Advent in your Son. Amen. Well, uh, today I get the privilege. Um, back in November, we were supposed to have baby dedication uh, for a young lady in our family, and uh, we are finally able to reschedule it for this morning. And I get the privilege and honor of inviting um, my aunt, Miss Sandy, and Miss Emma. And so we get the privilege of dedicating this little sweetheart in our family 
um, this morning. So, uh, Sandy, if it is your intention to present um, this child, Emma, to the Lord and to pledge yourself to bring her up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, please answer, I do, to the following promises. Do you hear this day? Recognize this child as a gift of God and give heartfelt thanks for God's blessings. Do you hear this day? Dedicate this child to the Lord who gave her to you. Do you hear this day? Pledge as a parent that you will bring up this child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Do you hear this day? Promise to give this child every possible benefit of home, of school, and of the church. Do you hear this day? Ask God's blessings upon her life to guide, guard, and direct her through all of her years. Awesome. Well, now I want to invite any family and any friends who would like to come and pray over Emma to come and join us down front at this time. And at this time, I will open the floor. Anyone who would like to pray a prayer of blessing over Miss Emma and uh, her mother can go ahead and do so. And then at the end, I will close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just are so humbled. We are so thankful that we are able to experience the the gift of family and the gift of this precious child who you have given to us. Lord, we thank you that you have given us such an opportunity to train and to raise up this child, to know you, to be a light for you. Because, Lord, as we celebrate this Christmas season, we celebrate the baby that came for this child as well. So, Lord, may your blessings be on this child. May your blessings be on the parents, Lord, that they would raise her in the truth of your word and in the, the truth of who you are. Lord, that she would come to know you as her Lord and her Savior. 
guide her family, Lord, to always point her to you, to always show her the true light and the true love that you have shown to all of us. Lord, we thank you and we love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. To gift you with the certificate of dedication and a new testament for Miss Emma as well.
You know, to us, evangelism and discipleship isn't just like one hour a week meeting with them and doing a Bible story or going through a scripture. To us, it's, it's spending life with them. It's living with them, being there with them, and then sharing scripture with them, sharing the truth with them. come to the city from the villages, they immediately are looking at in the face of the reality that they are invisible in the city. So the women are out there begging on the streets and people are walking by them constantly. They don't see them. They don't even acknowledge them. They don't talk to them. And so I think God's really opened up a door for us to come into their lives and see them. So we see their needs. We don't look at them as some invisible person or some number or some project. We look at them as made in God's image and people that deserve to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So we started a project to help us gain access to the Invera people, and this project helps them provide jobs, and it gives us a reason to be among them and spending time with them so that we can share the gospel with them. So there's one lady that we met through our ministry and she's really a leader among the community. And we were able to start meeting with her and her family and start sharing the Bible stories with her. We would go visit her every week. And we've just been faithfully sharing with her for over three years. And finally, about two months ago, she decided she wanted to give her life to Jesus. And we were able to baptize her in her community in front of the whole community. And she's able to testify what God has done in her life. The hope would be one day to be able to see Embera missionaries be sent out to their villages and share the gospel, share the God stories with people so they can have enough information to follow Jesus. We just want to thank you all for giving to the Lottie Moon offering because without that we wouldn't be able to do what we do. We're able to focus on our ministry. We don't have to worry about raising support and we're able to really just dedicate all of our time to sharing the good news with people who have never heard. Heavenly Father, we come this morning thanking you for the blessings of life, thanking you for everything you've given to us, Father. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for the blessing I had last night in the program. It was just wonderful. Your name was praised, and now we ask you to bless our offerings that we may use them for the ongoing of your kingdom. We pray in the sweet, sweet name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you to please stand one more time and uh, let's continue to sing the wonderful carols of the season.
thank you again for being here today. It's so good to be able to look out and to see you and uh, know that you are part of this time of worship that we have together. Um, I want to take a personal moment, uh, if I may. Um, please don't fall. It takes somebody with a little bit more mechanical skills than myself to make that work. There we go. But I do want to take a personal moment uh, before we begin. You can be finding your way to the book of Colossians, chapter number 1. But I wanted to say thank you for approving uh, the sabbatical request that I had made uh, to our deacons and to our personnel team. Uh, about two years ago, uh, I was elected as moderator of our Stanley Montgomery Baptist Association uh, knowing that some things were coming down the pipe that was going to uh, kind of be out of the ordinary, one of those being the first year we would spend in preparation for the departure of our associational mission strategist who had been with us for 16 years. And so uh, that first year was spent in a lot of preparation, uh, making sure that things would go smoothly whenever he would step away. And also at that same time, our association began a... Uh, uh, a group of people, put together a group of people that would work with different associations from all around the southeast United States and helping define what an association is and setting goals, setting vision, measures, uh, strategies, and all of those things for our respective associations. And that required meeting about uh, once a week for three weeks every month for two years. And so that was there, and then when our associational mission strategist left, the end of December, the leadership of the association came and asked if I would take on many of those responsibilities until the new associational mission strategist was put in place. Um, me thinking it would be six months, uh, it took 11, 11 and a half to be exact. Uh, our new associational mission strategist took office in mid-November. But to say all of that, it has just left me emotionally, uh, physically, mentally, spiritually tired. And uh, so that's the reason I requested the sabbatical. And I want to use that time well in February, plan some, uh, some time for spiritual renewal myself, um, some time to be able to uh, not just rest uh, physically, but to also be able to recharge spiritually so that I can be a better pastor for you uh, and um, be able to kind of recharge the battery. So thank you. Thank you for approving that. Uh, I am very grateful uh, for your willingness to do that. Colossians chapter number 1. Today we're going to be uh, talking about uh, real peace. Now, I, I understand we've already lit the candle for peace and Advent in a previous week. But today we're going to combine two of these things, joy and peace. And we find that Paul talks about these in the book of Colossians, chapter number 1. And I, and I want to begin back kind of where we, we left off last week in verse number 21 and read down through the end of the chapter. So let's, let's listen to what the Bible has to say. Paul says, and although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, flesh, uh, fleshly body through death, get all this right here, uh, 
He has reconciled you through his death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in, in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moving away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed upon me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of His this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Let's pray. Our Father, again, thank you for the privilege and opportunity to gather as the local body of believers, to be able to pray together, to sing together, to fellowship with one another. But most of all, thank you for the privilege of being able to study your word together. And we pray now, Father, that you would steal our hearts and our minds that for these few moments that we have left together this morning, that we can focus upon the truth of your word. And that as you speak to us, as you reveal your your truth to us, Lord, give us the courage, the faith to embrace it and to incorporate it into our life, to welcome it into our schedules and obligations that we may have. That today, Lord, we may be transformed by your word, made new, changed, conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. So guide us as we study your word is our prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I've read a bumper sticker, and I bet you've seen them around too, that says to know Jesus, no spelling with a K, to know Jesus then is to know peace spelled with a K. But then underneath it, it says know Jesus, no spelled with an N, means that you have no peace no, also spelled with an N. One of the many names ascribed to, to Jesus as we are in this season of Advent and celebrating the season of Christmas is that he is called the Prince of Peace. And so truly to know Jesus is to know peace. But without him, we will never be able to understand the peace that God has for us. As the angels announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds, 
they began to sing this song, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Peace is a great gift that's given to us in this Christmas season. But we have to acknowledge this morning that the real Jesus of the Bible is the one who brings real peace. There is a false Jesus that is often propagated by our culture, but that false Jesus cannot bring anything more than a false peace. Only the real Jesus of the Bible, the, the, the Son of God, the, the one who transforms lives, can bring about real peace in our life. And that real peace is found in those who know Him personally. And when we know Him personally, we can rejoice that we have met and we know the Prince of Peace. Today I want to look in this ver- these verses with you and I want us to notice three examples of rejoicing that takes place when we have the peace of Jesus in our, in our lives. That first example of rejoicing is found in those first few verses that we read in verse 21 down through verse 23 and that is we can have real peace when we have that, we can rejoice in our reconciliation. Now, we talked about this last week. The word reconcile means to bring back together or bring into an agreement, to bring into harmony, to make something compatible again, to become consistent with something. And Paul points to the condition of every lost person. That we are alienated and hostile in our minds and engaged in evil deeds. That's who we are as, as, as unbelievers. We, we can't be anything else because this is our fallen nature acting out its true self. And so all of us, and in, in before coming to Christ, and, and before coming to that place in our life where we understand that we need Him to save us from our sin, we are, we are alienated, hostile, and engaged in evil deeds. That is our lost estate. We live in a constant state of rebellion against God. But Jesus... The Jesus of the Bible, the Jesus that we celebrate the birth of in this season, the, 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 the Jesus behind the anticipation that Advent brings is, is the real Jesus. He, he brings us back into agreement and harmony with God through not only His birth, but His death and His resurrection. He came to bring a lost world back in harmony with God. Who created all things. So for all of us and for every person who is wandering in the darkness. Who is seeking for that, that, that peace that can only come from knowing Jesus. We must come to him and understand that he is the one who, who gives that to us. And when we receive it, it should be a reason to rejoice. 
That's why we sing and rejoice in this time of year because we understand that that precious babe would grow up to become uh, uh, the Savior of the world, hung upon a cross, bleeding and dying for mankind so that we could be reconciled to God. Now we can rejoice in that reconciliation. Sin has separated us from God And the only way we can be reconciled to him is for that sin to be removed. And Paul explains exactly how Jesus accomplished this. He says he did it through the blood of his cross and in his fleshly body through death. That's how we have reconciliation. Now as a believer and follower of Jesus, I can rejoice in my reconciliation. And I do that in two ways. First, I rejoice by walking holy and blameless before God. That's something that none of us could ever do outside of knowing Jesus. That's something that none of us could ever accomplish outside of a relationship with the real Jesus of the Bible. So we can rejoice by walking holy and blameless, but we can also rejoice by standing in the truth of the hope of His gospel. That good news. See, the gospel is something that prior to coming to Christ, we found offensive to us. We, we, we rebelled against it. We, we pushed against it. We ignored it and we denied it. But in that moment when we came to that understanding and the gospel began to impact our life that I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself, that in my, in, in my, my default setting, if you will, I am lost and dying and on my way to hell. That is the way every unbeliever stands today. But where I can rejoice is standing in the truth of the gospel that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that whosoever, that's you, that's me, that's whomever may choose, Whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Prince of Peace has brought reconciliation to every believer back to the God who created them. And everyone who receives Him and surrenders to Him as Lord and as Savior, the Prince of Peace brings that, that real peace that only reconciliation with God can bring. You want to know peace? Do you want to know real peace? Then you need to know the real Jesus of the Bible. But there's a second way that we rejoice. When we have real peace, we can rejoice in our suffering. He talks about that in verse 24 and on down through verse number 27 of the scripture that we read just a moment ago. But let's just be honest. Suffering is the last thing any of us want to experience. None of us look forward to suffering. It's not something we seek out and desire. Yet in this broken and sinful world, suffering is inevitable. We talked about this Wednesday night. I'm so glad Brother Ken brought to uh, our attention an experience that he had had as as a young soldier 
serving in our nation's military. And we begin to answer that question and ask the question, well, why, does, why, does, why do good, uh, bad things happen to good people? Why is there so much suffering in the world that we live in? Why is it that, that people are, are dying hungry and, and dying in, in wars and, and dying from disease? And why is it that there's so much suffering? And what we came to that conclusion is the only conclusion that we can come to. We, are, we, we, we suffer because we live in a broken world and we live in broken bodies. A, a world that's been wrecked by sin. A, a body that, is, uh, that has been condemned by sin to, to death. We, we, we live in such a broken, hurtful world that suffering is inevitable. There's natural suffering. That's just the result of living in broken bodies. But can I submit to you today that the greatest suffering in the world today is man-made? It's just man-made suffering. Agony that comes from abuse imposed upon us by others and upon ourselves. I believe Paul is referencing man-made suffering in our text here because he alludes to the afflictions that Jesus suffered. What was it that nailed Jesus to the cross? The brokenness of this world. What was it that, that pierced his side and pierced his brow and brought forth the rich red royal blood of the Son of God? It was the brokenness of the world. The brokenness of mankind. He gives us two ways to find rejoicing in the midst of our suffering. Paul first mentions the church, the necessity of the church. You see, folks, if you want to know why church is important, this is it. This is, this is one of the, uh, the main reasons suffer, church is, is so important is because the church is a place of encouragement for those who suffer. It's a place where we can come when our heart is broken, when, when the world is in chaos and, and we're, we're in that place in that time of suffering. It's where we can come and find comfort in, in the prayers of others and find comfort in the encouragement of brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a place where we can come and we can, we can bring our brokenness and we can bring our burdens and we can bring our suffering and we know that when we Walk in the doors that somebody's going to love us through our brokenness and our suffering. Paul indicates that he's rejoicing in his sufferings. Because he knows that it's in his sufferings that the church is going to be made stronger. It's in his suffering that the church is going to be made better. And that, that people are going to rally together around him and he rally around them. He notes that his suffering is often part of building God's kingdom. It's growing the body of Christ. And Jesus said it this, this way, if they hated me, how much more are they going to hate you? I'm, I, I'm, I, I am one person in, in flesh, I'm, uh, but if they hated me, they're going to hate you. I hope you understand that the lost world doesn't love a saved church. 
their suffering. He notes that suffering is part of building the kingdom. And within our context of our relationships in the church, we begin to build each other up as the world tries to tear us down. And especially in times of suffering, we're here as the body of Christ to bring healing and to bring hope and to bring peace and to bring rejoicing back into life of those who are hurting and suffering. Paul also mentions the the great mystery here as we're talking about rejoicing and suffering. He says there's this great mystery that's been revealed. Well, Tommy, what in the world is this mystery and how does it help me rejoice in suffering? Look at verse number 27. He said, here's the great mystery that helps us. When, when, we're, when we're suffering, here's that great mystery. You ready? Christ in you. The hope of glory. In other words, you never walk alone. We talked Wednesday night about the events of, of 9-11 and, and the question that everybody asked, well, where was God? Can I tell you where he was? He was on an airplane crashing into a building with every believer that sat on that airplane. He was in the building that took the impact with every believer that was in that building. He was in that stairwell with every believer that couldn't make it out as the tower began to collapse he was there you see he never promised us a life without suffering but here's what he has promised us the hope of glory is christ in you that no matter what you're going through no matter the pain that you're suffering no matter the sorrow of your heart no matter the uh, what's going on around you that's that, that's causing uh, pain in your life here's the promise that and the reason we can rejoice in suffering is because we know that beyond a shadow of a doubt we do not walk alone we're not in this by ourselves. Christ, in the life of every believer, gives us hope in the midst of suffering and a way to rejoice in the midst of suffering. That's the great mystery. Real peace through Jesus is not just something that He zaps us with when we need it. Real peace comes from His presence. There's one last reason we can rejoice when we have real peace we can rejoice in our purpose verse 28 and 29 while we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in christ for this purpose i labor Striving according to his power which mightily works in me. God has a divine purpose for your life. You are not an accident. You are not a happenstance. You're not a loser. You're, you're, you're not a waste of space or a waste of time. You are created by the divine creator. Made in his image. In you, He displays His glory to the world. He has a purpose for your life. And before coming to Jesus, the best we can do is wander in the darkness searching for that purpose. That's the question so many people who are lost and without Jesus want to know today. Why am I even here? What's the purpose of all of this? What's the purpose of life? 
The answer is in Jesus Christ. Because without Jesus, our life may seem random and without meaning and without significance. But God sees the value in our life. Or why else would the creator of the world have stepped out of heaven to suffer and purchase our redemption? Paul points to two key elements for God's purpose in our life. First, he says that God's purpose is that Jesus wants you to proclaim his gospel. He wants you to tell others about the hope you have in him. He wants you to tell broken people how you found help in the midst of your brokenness. He wants you to tell hurting people how you found healing in the midst of your hurt. He wants you to tell suffering people how you found joy in the midst of your suffering. Carry the gospel with you. Point people to the only hope that they have. And the gospel is the good news to every person that God has made a way of redemption through his son Jesus that even in the midst of all the chaos that we may be in, we can have joy in the midst of it. I've said this before, I'll say it again. We cannot take the gospel to the wrong person or to the wrong house because every person needs Jesus. Secondly, Jesus wants us to live in his power. We mentioned this earlier that Jesus dwells within the heart and life of every believer. But more than anything else, here's what he wants. He wants to display his power to a lost world through you. He wants to show the world what he can do through a broken vessel like you. He wants to show his love, his grace, his mercy, his hope through you. He wants to live through you. So that means we must live in his power. And if the purpose of God for our life is, is, is to be that, that, that preaching, teaching gospel that he's placed within us, then may our life be a walking testimony to the power of his grace and to the power of his reconciliation. When he can take the worst of the worst and bring them in peace and harmony with a holy God. Only when we have real peace through the real Jesus can we rejoice in the purpose of our life. So I want to close our time together this morning by just asking this this question as Christmas is upon us, this Christmas, do you have real peace? Peace that leads to rejoicing because you know you're reconciled to God. There's nothing, any person or anything in this world could ever do to rob you of your relationship with a holy God. Because it has been sealed in the blood of Jesus. Do you have that peace? That leads to rejoicing in the midst of suffering. I I don't know what you're going through right now. Some of you are going through things that my mind can't comprehend. And it would be hard for me to even imagine. But do you find peace in the midst of that suffering? 
Because that's what, that's what Jesus wants to do for you today. He wants to bring peace in the midst of your suffering. Have you found that purpose that causes you to rejoice? Knowing that because you have been saved by grace and because you live filled with the presence of a holy God in Jesus Christ that you can fulfill your divine purpose. Just remember, to know Jesus is to know peace. Know Jesus, know peace. Just a moment, we'll stand, we'll sing together. This altar is always open to you if you feel led to come and to kneel. I'll be down front. Maybe you just need someone to pray with you or pray for you. I'll be here. And I would love that opportunity to do that. But I want you to look at your life right now. I want you to examine self. And I, I want you to answer that question that only you can answer, by the way. Do I have real peace? If the answer is no, can I tell you something? The Prince of Peace is waiting to give it to you today. He's waiting to give you the strength you need to walk in whatever you're walking through. And to give you his peace in the midst of your turmoil. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the peace that you bring into our lives that we could know no other way. While we were alienated against our Creator God, the Heavenly Father, the Maker of all things, while we were waging our war against Him by proclaiming ourselves to be our own God, Lord Jesus, you still loved us so much that you would be willing to robe yourself in flesh, step into this broken, hurtful, sinful world, to walk among us, to, to feel our pains, to understand our condition. But then in your holiness and in your sinlessness, you chose to lay down your life to reconcile every lost person to a holy God. That through your blood that, that flowed from the cross, you can wash us clean, set us free, and bring us in harmony, in unity with the God of creation. Lord, I, I, I thank you for choosing to do that for us. Thank you for doing it for me. Lord, I pray for the one that's in this room right now that they lack that peace, and it may be because they don't know you. They may know about you, but they don't know you, Jesus. And I pray that today will be today. That they bring their brokenness to you. And in humility as they bow before you. Acknowledge that you are the savior of the world. The Messiah who has come. To set them free. To bring them hope. To bring them peace. 
to reconcile them to a holy God. Lord, I pray for that one that may be in this room today that's going through difficult times, a time of trial and suffering. And Lord, we, we pray for them today that they find rejoicing in the midst of that, that hurt and that pain because they know that they're not walking alone, that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt. They have a church family here that, that wants to love them and encourage them, that they have a, a, a Savior that dwells within their life that wants to bring hope and peace for that one searching for their purpose. May today, Lord, they be able to find that purpose in you. And may they rejoice in knowing that they are fulfilling the very reason for which God created them. Lord, in these next few moments, bring us your peace. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.
that chorus one last time. Would you like to announce anything concerning tonight? Just come. <laughs> it's going to be great, y'all. We have got a great group of people that we are working together. There are so many people that are be, have been involved, and it's just, it is going to be a blessing. It's been, you know, it's the last couple of years. We haven't been able to do as much for obvious reasons, and it just feels so good for us all to be up here and this very unique and very special way to celebrate our Savior's birth. So I am encourage you to please come out and 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 even better you get to eat afterwards and it's just like all really unhealthy stuff so you know it's just so much fun because as i've said before calories eaten in the name of jesus they don't exist There's no, yeah um, amen also, we 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 could use some help if anybody is available we have to convert this platform area into what it's going to be tonight we have to get rid of all of this we've got to move some things so if you are able to hang around just for a few minutes, the more people we have, the quicker we get done, we would appreciate it. Thanks. All right. And just as uh, we go into tonight, I, I don't know if you know this or not. I want to make sure that you do. Uh, Brandon and Nancy uh, wrote our program tonight. So they put it together. And so uh, they've done an amazing job, and I appreciate the work that they've put in months and months ahead of now. Uh Jim was sitting in the manger a while ago. He he built it. He ought to be able to sit in it, don't you think? Uh, so. <laughs> but and and last but not least, those two people sitting back there behind you that you don't ever really get to see because you're always looking this way. Those are two of the most amazing people you'll ever Amen. meet in your life. And if you want to see what a one-legged man in a jump roping contest looks like tonight, you just watch Aaron while everything's going on. Him and Melinda will show you exactly what that looks like. Uh, so do come tonight. A lot of work's been put into it. We want you to be blessed. 
uh, by this. Let's be dismissed in a word of prayer. Our Father and our God, thank you again for the privilege of being in your house of worship. And Lord, thank you that you have brought hope to us today, that you bring peace to us, you bring joy to us. All of those things are uh, things, Lord, we can't manufacture for ourselves, no matter how hard we try. But we thank you that you provide them for us and just who you are, Lord Jesus, and just who you are. So we ask you to continue to reign your peace, hope, and love upon each one in this place. And Lord, tonight as we uh, gather together again to proclaim the good news through this program, we just pray that the name of Jesus will be exalted above every name. Dismiss us now with your great love as our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.